Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Worship Center in Brighton, Michigan. We hope you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit faithworshipcenter.org. Are y'all thankful for the cross? Thankful for oh, mm, grace and mercy every single day. Oh, oh thank you, Lord. Tonight, I want to talk about detours. You know, when we get into our car and and we plan to go somewhere, we typically know how we're going to get there and the road we're going to take and the fastest route and the path that's most convenient. Um, Now, detour is usually unexpected, right? It, It appears out of nowhere and you know, it forces you to go a way that you didn't plan on originally going. A detour can pop up for a a number of different reasons, but one in particular that happens more often than others is when there is construction, okay? You know, you're usually guided off of the original path that you were on and brought to an alternative path, and a detour is usually inconvenient. It's always inconvenient. It's, it, it, it never seems like when you approach a detour, it takes you there to your destination faster. That's never the case. You know, it, it will always take you out of the way, and it can be frustrating at times. You know, now follow me here. If you are a child of God, then you have a destiny. Yes, our destiny is in heaven with God for all of eternity, worshiping him. But you have a destiny here on earth. Okay, you have a job to do, a mission to complete. You have a purpose, a calling on your life specifically that no one else in the world has. It is specific to you. Your destiny was set in stone by God For you before you were even born. You know, tonight I want to talk about these these detours that we come across and arriving at our destiny and a message that I have entitled a divine detour. Something we're all familiar with is, is a wilderness experience and traversing through valley after valley after valley and not one person under the sound of my voice could deny that. You know, but why is this so? What? There, there's multiple reasons, but one being that these are detours that God must bring us through in order for us to arrive at our destiny properly prepared and equipped to fulfill his divine purpose for our lives. Now, I want to use the account of Joseph from the Old Testament to help bring this message to life and hopefully encourage all of us. Now, if I could get everybody to bow your heads, ask the Lord for his blessing. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you for everything that you are doing, Lord God, in our lives. We thank you for tonight, for bringing us all together, Lord to hear a word from you, Lord. And I just ask that you would prepare our hearts, that you would soften our hearts so that we would receive this message, Lord. Open our eyes to see and our ears to hear it, Heavenly Father. Give us revelations tonight, Lord God. Speak to us in a way that will encourage us for years to come, Lord. We thank you so much, Lord. We give you all the glory, and we thank you for the blood, for grace and mercy every single day of our lives, that you make it possible, Lord, to have communion with you, to talk directly to you. Through your son, Jesus, we were redeemed, and we thank you so much for this. We understand, Lord, but we don't understand, and help us to understand in a greater way tonight, Lord God. Help us to arrive at our destiny, Lord. Speak truths to our hearts, Lord. We praise you. We give you all the glory. And in the mighty name of Jesus, we all pray amen and amen. You know, one of the main things that I believe that the Lord wants to take, wants us to get from tonight's message is how important our perspective is. 
You know, perspective is how we perceive things and how we see something. Now take two people who are both experiencing a rough season in their life and enduring the same exact troubles, except one is looking at the situation from a spiritual perspective, while the other one is viewing things from a carnal perspective. These people, even though experiencing the same trials, they are going to have a completely different outlook, a completely different outlook on their life and what they see in the future. Your view of God will determine your view of life, okay? Or your view of life will determine your view of God. What are you focusing on? Are you focusing on what's in front of you or are you focusing on the Lord? Are you focusing on Jesus Christ and him crucified? Or are you looking at the problem that stands before you? It's all about perspective. And what we're choosing to focus on, just like Pastor Asher said this Sunday, we need to stop putting God in a box. Amen? Can, I, can, can we get an amen? Stop putting God in a box. Stop saying God can't move through here. God can't go there. God can't speak through this. No, 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 no. God will do anything he wants to do. He is a sovereign God. He is in charge. Stop giving the devil so much leeway. Look to the Lord. Keep your eyes focused on the cross, knowing that Jesus paved the way for you. Mm, thank you, Jesus. You know, I don't know about you, but my Bible says that, that, that God is a miracle worker, impossible. He, and nothing is impossible for him. Nothing. He splits seas for us. To get us on the other side and moves mountains. Praise the Lord. I believe he is moving mountains for us right now. I believe that he is healing us right now. He is speaking to our hearts right now. He delivers us from drugs, alcohol, addiction, lust, bondages. Now getting back to it, Joseph's story doesn't just speak to those who are in a rough season right now but it it can help prepare you for the rough seasons down the road that's right the rough seasons down the road because god never promises us things aren't going to get rough from time to time but what he does promise us is that he will never leave us and be by our side every single step of the way every single step joseph's life was nothing less than extraordinary I mean, the way that God was with him every step of the way is the same way that God is with all of us every step of our journey. Now, we've, we've all had a dream that we believed in at some point in, in our lives, whether it was just our imaginations running wild as a, chi as a child's mind does, or it was a, legit, a legitimate dream of God giving us a tiny glimpse into the future. Now, I know I've had dreams come to pass, and I've also been on the flip side and had dreams that were crushed. But how about something that God has shown you, something that you just know is supposed to be, except you're still waiting and waiting and waiting. I mean, may maybe you've even told others about this dream. You know, and, and, and when you told them, they wrote you off saying, that's never going to happen. There's no way you're capable of that. And did, did you forget how old you are or how young you are? Let's start here. Amen. I want us to turn to Genesis 37. I'm going to read Genesis 37, 5, and then 8 through 10. Now Joseph had a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him even more. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright, and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed 
down to my sheep. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father. And his brothers and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? Now I want to say, while it's okay to tell a few people your, your, your plans or your dreams or aspirations, I, I encourage you to keep it to yourself until you get it set in stone because, see, there's always going to be people who hear your dreams and do everything that they can to discourage you out of them or encourage you to go all in right then and there, even though that the timing isn't right. Because, see, they don't believe that you got what it takes. They haven't seen what God has shown you. They just want to see you fail. You know, even though your dreams might not have come to pass yet, they can brew jealousy in others around you. And you really want to know what jealousy is? Is Jealousy is the trophy that mediocrity gives to excellence. Let me say that again. Jealousy is the trophy that mediocrity gives to excellence. So here you have Joseph's brothers, obviously jealous of him, and they clearly hated, they clearly hated him. And see, he was favored by his, by his father, and his father didn't hide it. And in fact, his dad made him a coat of many colors. I mean, I mean, this coat was so beautiful. It, it, it was gorgeous. This is a coat that when you walk into the room, heads turn. You know, and, and this is Joseph in his coat of many colors. And, and, and check this out. Not only that, but Jacob, his father, would have him watch over his older brothers like that supervisor at work with, with a cup of coffee in one hand and the clipboard in the other. I mean, can you imagine this? <laughs> Not, not only is Joseph the favorite, but see, he's put in charge, and he's that annoying sibling. He, he will always run and, and tattling and, and getting you in trouble, getting you yelled at. You know, I didn't have siblings, but I watched my kids tattle on each other all the time, and resentment can definitely develop from that. So here you have Joseph. Walking up to his brothers and, and saying, hey, I had a dream last night. And of course, you know that they were probably like, we don't care, Joseph. We don't care about you or your stupid dreams. Now go run off and tell daddy what, what we said. Here's one, here's one of the reasons that I believe Joseph needed a detour. See, in this, I see immaturity in Joseph in his young age, because he told them his dream anyways, and knowing that this would make them furious and hate him even more. I'm not going to go through every scripture in Joseph's story for time's sake, but, but what happens next was both tragic, but also part of God's plan and Joseph's very first detour. Jacob sent Joseph off on a mission to make sure his brothers we're, we're taking care of business and, and tending to his flocks. And, and as Joseph arrives to where his brothers are, they, they, they see him coming towards them. And the scripture, the scripture reads out in 18, it says, Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall say some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will be become of his dreams. 
Now, they had to really hate Joseph to not just talk about it, but to make plans to kill him. So here comes Joseph, and what's the first thing that they do? The first thing that they did was rip that coat right off of him. They ripped that coat off. And then they threw him into the pit. Real quick, if you, if you read that scripture where it says this, it actually states how there was no water. There was no water in the pit. And how many of y'all know that we're going to go through dry seasons? Amen. You know, there's going to be times where, where we find ourselves yelling out to God, God, pleading with him, you know, in, in a spiritual pit, in despair, pleading with him to help us. This is Joseph right here. Now, now after this, they, they worked themselves up and needed to take a break and eat. And while eating, they see some Ishmaelite traders coming along the way. And his brother Judah then speaks up and says, well, why, why, why kill him when we could just sell him? And we could sell him to the Ishmaelite traders. And so they all agree and decide to sell Joseph for 20 pieces of silver. And not only did they sell him into slavery, but they then killed a goat, dipped his robe in it, and told their father, Jacob, a wild story that an animal had ate him. I mean, and I can only imagine that, that Jacob at that point was devastated, losing his favorite, his favorite son. You know, I want to fast forward through some events and just highlight, highlight them so that I have time to pour out everything that God has uh, poured into me while studying for this message and I'm going to need everyone to pay attention because I'm going to go through this pretty quick. But I'm going to give you Joseph's story in a nutshell. Joseph is the favorite son of Jacob. Okay, Joseph wears a coat that his father made him, which creates jealousy amongst his other brothers. Joseph is then thrown into a pit by his brothers. Joseph is then sold into slavery by his brothers, the traders that bought Joseph was on their way to Egypt and at the slave trade in Egypt there was an officer of Pharaoh the king of Egypt by the name of Potiphar who was the captain of the palace guard who decided to buy Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph and blessed everything that he touched and see Potiphar noticed this and made him his personal assistant. This put Joseph in charge of Potiphar's entire household and everything in it. Joseph, being a handsome young man, caught the eye of Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife then demanded Joseph to lay down with him. Joseph turned her down. She grabbed him by his coat, ripped it off, and Joseph ran out of the room. Potiphar's wife then told her husband a lie and accused Joseph. Accused Joseph of trying to rape her. Potiphar, obviously furious, threw Joseph in prison. Joseph, now in prison, was given favor from God because God was with Joseph, and he became the warden's favorite. There was a cupbearer and a baker who was thrown into the same prison. The cupbearer and baker had dreams, and because God was with Joseph, he was able to interpret them. The cupbearer forgot about Joseph for two years that two years goes by and Pharaoh has dreams that needs to be interpreted the king's cupbearer remembers Joseph interprets dreams so he tells Pharaoh I know a guy Pharaoh summons Joseph to his palace and here Joseph interprets his dreams now I just want to stop right there in 24 hours okay that that span right there is a long time, okay? That's 13 years, all right? But in 24 hours right there in between that, the king cupbearer remembers Joseph interpreting his dreams and Pharaoh summons him. That's how fast your life can change. That's how fast God can move in your life. You can go, imagine it. It, it says in the scriptures that, he, that he, he was able to shave. He got new clothes. I mean, Come on, he went from rags to riches like that. God changed his life instantaneously. In a 24-hour period, your life can change immediately. And let me tell you, 
I've experienced it myself, and I, don't, I know that many of us here have. We've experienced God move in our life immediately. Drugs, gone. Cigarettes, gone. Alcohol, gone. Lust, gone. Everything, gone. How? Washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All you got to do is cry out to him. That's all you got to do is cry out to him. Thank you, Jesus. Now, now, this brings us to Genesis 41, 39 through 41. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. Mm, thank you, Jesus. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, that's good. Ooh. Oh, I feel that. Oh, thank you, Lord. Mm, that is so good. From the pit to the palace, y'all. From the pit to the palace. 13 years. 24 hours. Boom. That's how fast, that's how fast God, God works. <laughs> now, I mean, it only took me a couple of minutes to read through Joseph's story from, from where he had started to where he ended up. But it, it took 13 years to get from where he was thrown into the pit at 17 years old to Pharaoh's right-hand man in charge of Egypt when he was 30. I mean, it was a 13-year journey. A 13-year journey. Oh, this is for me right here. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm sorry, but if you got to endure a rough situation for a couple of years, so be it. It, it doesn't mean that God has forgotten about you. And, and, and seriously, when has God ever been in a rush? Ever. Since when does God jump when we say jump? I don't think so. It doesn't work like that. We jump when he says jump. Not he jumps when we say jump. How come we are all expecting a microwave God? I'm 100% guilty of that. 100%. 100%. Oh, oh, Greg, oh, you want a financial breakthrough? I see you down, oh, you're on your knees. I see you down there, it, it, okay, okay. Oh, you, you want a four-bedroom house, okay, okay. I, I see you down there, hold on, hold on. Boop, boop. In Jesus' name, amen. Boop, here you go. Open your eyes. Oh, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. See, that's what we want, though. That's what we want. And, you know, I got to be real. I, I got to be honest. And, and I feel like, feel like we're not ready to hear that because we want things like this. We want things fast. Now, check this out. We want a microwave God, right? That's what we want. But in actuality, he's a crockpot God. Mm. <laughs> He's a crockpot guy. You know what I'm saying? You, you like that? Amen. Hallelujah. See, he likes to get things in there and let it simmer so the seasoning gets inside the beef and the vegetables. Mm. So when you pull that top off and take a whiff, you pass out because you know that's going to be a good meal. Because you can smell it and it makes your stomach grumble from the very second that you, that you smell it. Mm. You can just taste it. You know, I know y'all know what I'm talking about. I, I know y'all do. It's that crock pot dish that you can smell when you open up the front door. The Amazon driver pulls up and goes... Whoa, 
what is that? What's for dinner? Amen? <laughs> now, how about this? He wants you to be the same way. He wants you to be the same way. Well, what, do I, what do I mean by that? He wants the fragrance. Mm, come on now. Mm, thank you, Holy Spirit. He wants the fragrance of the Holy Spirit to be so evident, so evident all around you that there isn't a question that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. You know, actually, Apostle Paul mentions this in 2 Corinthians 2.15. I'm going to read it real quick. This fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. Okay. Actually, my, my, uncle, my uncle Jeff talks about this all the time and how, how there's an aroma and there's a fragrance that follows us everywhere we go. It, it's all around us. And de depending on who you're talking to, it, you know, when you come in contact with them, it depends if they're a follower of Jesus Christ or they don't believe. Because you give off a different scent. To those who are perishing, we smell like death to them. But to other believers, we smell sweet. And God wants people to know when they look at you who you are and what you stand for. Can I tell you that God doesn't want to be your sometime God? You're, I'm on the rooftop, God, so I can praise you now. Or I'm in the valley, God, so, so I, I, I'm going to get on my knees. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That, that's not what he wants. He doesn't, he, he doesn't want to be a here and there God. You know, he doesn't want to be a Sunday morning and maybe, just maybe, a Wednesday evening God. He wants to be your 25-hour-a-day your eight days a week and 13 months out the year, God. Woo! Every hour, every second, you should be connected with God. De I mean, it shouldn't depend on anything. You, you should be depending on God, not your situation. You should be looking to God, talking with God, and thanking God for everything that he has blessed you with, including the very breath in your lungs no matter the circumstances give him praise give him glory you know there, there's points in joseph's story where he could have been bitter and complained but he didn't he he didn't i mean he could have i, I don't I, it, it's really I know that if you really read those and study those scriptures, it's like, wow, there is no account of him crying, of whining, of complaining. That's incredible. You know, I'm going I'm to come back to that in a minute, but everything was stripped from Joseph's life when he was thrown into, into the pit by his brothers. But, you know, there's two things that never left him. Two things. One was obviously was God. Okay. Number two was his purpose. <laughs> his destiny. Mm. See, God knew. God knew that Satan was going to try and stop Joseph again and again and again. But you see, when you put God in the middle of the equation. When you put God in the middle of the equation, the answer is always good. Y'all know algebra. Come on now. Y'all ain't hearing me. Joseph thrown into the pit, sold into slavery. Satan said, gotcha. Joseph bought by Potiphar and put in charge of his house. God said, nope. Don't think so. Good. Joseph falsely accused and thrown into prison. The devil said, bad. Joseph put in charge of the prison and everyone in it. God said, good. Cupbearer forgot about Joseph for two years. Two years. The devil said, bad. 
<laughs> Pharaoh asked Joseph to interpret his dreams and then put him in charge of all of Egypt. God said, that's a dub right there. That's a win. See, you see this all throughout the Bible. All throughout the Bible, what Satan meant for evil, God always turns it around and uses it for good. See, what the devil tries to do is take your eyes off of Jesus and try to make you forget about God so evil can reign in your life. But see, as soon as you put God in the equation, every single time what was once bad is now good. Hallelujah. See, that pit that you fell in and got stuck for a year or two, maybe five or ten, without having the right perspective, you suffer that much more. The perspective we need to have is even though you don't understand it and you don't see the purpose in it, you're trusting the Lord because you know that you know that you know that you know that God is sovereign and God is in control. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Joseph, out of every person in the Bible besides Jesus, had every right to complain, but he didn't. I, I, you know, I look at Joseph's story and I see detour after detour after detour. Going back to what I said in the beginning about how you always, always will encounter detours. And, and there's usually construction involved. <laughs> Here we go. The same goes for us. The same goes for us. That's that construction. That's a rework in the road. Maybe replacing some lights. Maybe uh, got to repave it. Maybe got to tear it up a little bit. Construction. It's construction. The detour is for construction. God sends us. He sends us on, on, on these detours. You know, and, and like I said before, it's obvious that Joseph had some maturing to do. Joseph made a couple of, let's just say, for lack of a better term, stupid decisions. Number one, he didn't just accept that he was his father's favorite, but he wore it, literally. Okay? He wore that coat. He wore that coat. All right? He knew, even though that it infuriates his brothers, he still wore it. Number two, he told his brothers, who already don't like him, Already, he already, he knows, but he told them his dreams. And to top it off, he's telling them that they're going to bow to him in the future? Come on, man, what are you doing? And, but see, when God puts a calling on your life, <laughs> here we go, he already factored in your stupidity and will use that stupidity to bring you to your destiny. <laughs> I'm right here. That's me. <laughs> That's me. 100% used me. I was dumb. All right? I was stupid. And there's actually a record of that stupid. Okay? I was, I, I was it. That, that's, I am number one right there. I will not deny that. Joseph's journey from the pit to the palace was 13 years. And may I remind you that it took Moses 40 years before he was at the right place and time in his life where God could bring him to his destiny. It took Noah 120 years before he arrived at a place where God fulfilled his promise to him. It took Jesus 30 years before God launched him into his public ministry. So just because you're over here waiting and waiting and you've been waiting, what seems like forever, just know that God hasn't forgot about you. And actually, actually, you are in a stage of preparation. Amen? Hallelujah. And if you experience a really long waiting period, just know that it's because God is usually doing something really big in the background. Okay? I want you to praise him as if he brought you to your destiny. Even though you haven't received your blessing yet, praise him for it like you have. We need to truly believe that God is sovereign. God is in control. God is on the throne. God is the creator and the, of the entire universe and everything in it. And we may not see it. 
And we may not understand it, but God has a plan in what he tells us. What he tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Put that in your heart. Put that in your heart. Remember that when you're going through trials. Now, I'm going to point out some people who most of us probably know that uh, didn't, quote, unquote, make it, okay, until later on in life. And this one's probably going to make some people laugh. It was actually a conversation that, 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 that we had is, is Bob Ross. All right? That's, that, I mean, seriously, Bob Ross spent 20 years in the Air Force. He spent 20 years in the Air Force, okay? He taught himself how to paint after retiring. Nobody knew who Bob Ross was until he was in his 40s. Nobody even knew who he was. And then well, what about Colonel Sanders? Mr. KFC, come on, man. That's the, I mean, we all know that. Right, exactly. We all know that. I mean, he was 62 years old when he made it. I mean, he didn't reach success till 62. That hurts. <laughs> Woo. That, we we got to put that in our, in, in our soul and realize that we might be waiting for a while. Get comfortable. Get comfortable. And you know how you get comfortable? You keep your eyes on Jesus. You, your focus is on the Lord, not on your circumstances, not on your success, not on your, oh, what position you possess, not on your bank account, not on what you have, but Jesus in your heart, knowing that he's going to pave the way for you to make it there. Praise the Lord. What about the man behind McDonald's, Ray, Ray Kroc? This man, this man was 52 years old when, when McDonald's first took off and, and, and earned him a whopping, not whopper, a whopping $600 million. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Morgan Freeman, 50 years old before he even had his first acting hit. You know, it is never too late, and this makes me look back on my 30s and look back, look back on my 20s and look back at all the years that I felt like that I, you know, of course I completely squandered. And, you know, it, depending on how you look at it, it could be like, yeah, I wasted them. But really, I look back and I appreciate every single struggle. I appreciate every single battle that I faced, every fall and L that I took, because, see, it was through all that that gave me such a contrast on my life now. I wouldn't have that drastic contrast. I remember being addicted to drugs. I remember not knowing how I was going to get high that day and, and figuring out a way, scheming a way to achieve my goal for the next few hours, not even the next complete day, the next few hours. Whose bottles am I going to steal to go get a pint? That, 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 those, those are things that I remember. I've been there. I, I, I know what it's like. You know, I understand that God had to take me through these detours. But see, here's the thing. It's not for me. It was for others. You know, it was so that I have something to offer those who need to hear. You can make it off of the drugs. Your, your life can be restored. You can experience miraculous healings because I have. You know, when I first when I first gave up al alcohol, when I was delivered from it, and I was seriously delivered from it. Like, I never, I, 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 didn't, I didn't feel the urge to drink it. It was gone, okay? I went to the doctors because I didn't feel right, man. I'll be honest, I didn't feel right. I, I had pains in my, in my lower back and in my side, and people were telling me that, like, man, that, that could be your kidneys or your liver. And I went and got checked out. And they said, you know what, Greg? 
you're lucky that you quit when you did. What do you mean? They said, because your organs are swollen. They've taken a hit. And if you wouldn't have quit when you did, you, you might be dead in the next couple of years. <laughs> that's not luck. That's not luck, y'all. That's Jesus. Can I tell you that's Jesus? That's the Lord. The Lord restored me. Can I tell you that I go to the doctors now? I went to the doctors. I got an ultrasound. They say, you, you look fine. Completely fine. Everything's fine. You know, I had COPD from smoking, smoking too much. I had, I, had, I had lung disease. To be honest with you, I can't run for a, a really long period of time. But, I mean, I shot hoops when, at the youth night. And, and I ran up and down that court. Let me tell you, before Christ, I couldn't do that. Now, I may still have asthma. It, it, it's, 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 it's there in the background. But I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus healed me. Jesus took that away. The blood took that away. And he can take anything, anything that you're struggling with, any ailment, anything that's going on. I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care if they said that it's not going to go away. I'm going to tell you right now, with the blood of Jesus washed over you, cleansing you and washing you, that it will go away. He said, you must believe. What did he tell the woman? What did he tell the woman with the issue of blood? She came up to him and touched his garment what did he say he said it's because you believe it's your faith that's made you whole thank you jesus oh i feel that Woo! Mm. thank you lord can i tell you tonight that what you endure what you endure or go through today is meant to strengthen you and prepare you for tomorrow hallelujah let me say that again. What you endure or go through today is meant to strengthen you and prepare you for tomorrow. Mm. Real quick, this is, this is destiny in what it looks like when we arrive. See, at the end of the story, Joseph's brothers, and I skipped a whole lot, but Joseph's brothers met with Joseph. After Jacob's death. And I encourage you to read the story to fill in the gap. But I just want to I want to point this out. And I want to say that. For you, if you want to see your destiny, if you want to see God's will done in your life, stop. You know, it's OK to pray to ask God. What he can do for you and to you. But you know what you need to focus on is what he can do through you, because that's where it is. See, Joseph's brothers. I, I mean, he 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 arrived at this place. This this is this was obviously his destiny. And we can use this to compare it to our own lives. Joseph's brothers thought for sure that he would take revenge on them for throwing him into a pit and selling him into slavery. I want to go to Genesis 50, 19 through 21. This is so powerful. Mm. You know, they were terrified, pleading with him, pleading with him to have mercy on him. And, 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 and you know, they thought, they thought, that their, their father was the only thing stopping Joseph from getting revenge on him. That, that's what they thought. But see, Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. For am I in the place of God? Now, right there, that tells us that he understands that God brought him to this place. Okay, God brought him to this place. He said, but as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you. And your little ones, and he comforted them, comforted them, and spoke kindly 
to them. Mm. Our provider. Our provider. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. He said, you sold me. He said, you sold me, but God was sending me. You sold me, but God was sending me. God was using your mess to set up my miracle. That's why we can't get too caught up in the mess that somebody has brought to us. Because, see, God is using that very mess, that very mess that has been brought to you to set us up for our miracle. Mm, the mess is really to set us up for the blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, when you make it through all the detours and you have arrived, you will know. And because your destiny will always benefit others. If, if, you're, if what you're doing isn't benefiting others or enabling you to benefit others, then you haven't arrived at your destiny. Because, see, the world will tell you to do everything you can do to benefit yourself. Go ahead. Benefit yourself. Think about yourself. Pray for a new job so that you can, you can live more comfortably. You can, you know, it's for you. It's you, you, you. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not what, it's not what this life is about. This life is about others. I'm sure many of y'all have probably heard that the acronym joy. Let's live our life in joy. Jesus, others, and you. If you live your life that way, you will fulfill, feel fulfilled. That's joy. That's joy. Jesus, others, you. In that order. You know, while the world will tell you to do everything you can to benefit yourself, God will bring you out of that mindset and bring you down a path that will not only benefit you, but also bless all those around you. Thank you, Jesus. Mm, thank you, Father. Can I get the uh, worship team to come back, please? A revelation that the Lord gave me, and I'm pretty excited to share this, actually, because I think it's really powerful, and it's a really great word picture. Um. I was talking to a guy at my job and 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 this came up and it just it just I mean it was like a revelation. You know, take a valley and a mountain, okay? A valley and a mountain. Where does the food grow? Well, the food doesn't grow on the top of the mountain. It can't. Okay? And, and how do you get to the mountain? You have to walk through the valley to even get to the mountain, even the foot of the mountain. All right. Also, the top of the mountain. The oxygen level is thin. Depending on the height, of course, but I'm talking about a big mountain because we're climbing big mountains, right, y'all? <laughs> I mean, that, that's how we that we serve a big God. OK, the mountain on top of the mountain, the oxygen level is, is, is thin. So you, you, can't, you can't stay up there for a long period of time, right? And, and where do you get your food at? You get your food in the valley. You get your food when you're traveling through the valley. You, you're, you're gathering resources in the valley. Why? To sustain you walking up the mountain and on the top. And now look, look, how long your stay is in the valley, how much longer... You're going to be on the mountaintop, but guess what? You got to come back down and you got to go through another valley. It's promised to it. You have to. It, it, it's, where, it's where the Lord breaks things out of us that need to be broken out. You know, in closing, I'll be the first to say that I'm on a detour right now. I'm on a detour. And you might be too. And actually, I know... Between here and those listening online, I know for sure that there's people under the sound of my voice that are on a detour. It's just many of us are on detours. But it's so important to remember that detours are divinely designed to contribute 
to construction because God must address our character and press out of us what doesn't resemble Christ. Mm. You know, kind of like a sponge and all the dirt and grime that we've picked up along the way. God needs to squeeze it and squeeze it all out until the water runs clear and all that can be seen is Christ. Remember this. He must mature us if he is to trust us with the destiny he has for us. If you take this and store it in your heart, you will find that hard times will be a little bit easier knowing that God is in control. You will have peace that surpasses all understanding. Putting your faith and trust in Christ and the cross. As we sing this song, Waymaker, it's a beautiful song. And I think it speaks, it speaks to my heart in this season of my life because I know that he is making a way. You can stand to your feet. You know, and if, 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 if you feel led, I would like to open up the front. If you feel led, and, you know, if you're saying that, God, I'm ready. God, I'm trusting you for whatever you have for me. I want to fulfill my purpose. I believe that you are making a way. And even though I can't see it, even though I can't feel it, I believe. That you are making a way. And that's what you said. To believe. To believe in you. So if you feel that tonight. If you feel that God is making a way for you. I encourage you to come up and just lift up your hands. And say God I'm ready. God send me. God deliver me from this valley. From this pit. Bring me to the palace. Bring me to my destiny. Press out. What needs to come out so that I can fulfill your purpose in my life.